At the halfway point of the 2022 season, the Pitt Panthers have not performed the way we all thought they would. However, the goal of an ACC championship game berth is still in reach. Should our expectations have changed? We discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes? Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia where we knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happening in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. The one home game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hell to pit. Hell to pit. This is the week of October 15th, 2022. And this is the Hell to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. And I'm Vince. What do you know? Virginia Tech still makes splash plays on special teams. And Pitt still runs it right down their throats. Same as it ever was in the ACC Coastal Division. Good thing Izzy gets to take a breather this week. Pitt on by a record-setting, high, putting yourself on the Heisman map performance from a Banacanda, Vince. Tony Dorsett better eat his heart out. Because Pitt has a legit running back who's gunning for all of his records now. <laughs> 320 plus yards, six touchdowns, one game. Uh, <laughs> never thought I'd see anything like that. <laughs> no, no, let's not. And that's one game. But don't forget he woe bundied earlier in the season, too. I know. I, and this is even better bundied, than that. <laughs> he's woe bundied plus two more. Israel Abanakanda is putting on a season for the record books at Pitt. And Pitt gets the W, more importantly, against Virginia Tech in a must-win game. Even though they won by a good amount. I th- did they cover? That was a cover, right? That was a cover. Yeah, it was. They covered. Still, I don't know. I think we have some things to pick apart from that game. I think so. And we're going, <laughs> we are going to do so. It wasn't a totally comfortable win, mind you. But it was an impressive performance from some individuals and, of course, the leader of the Pitt uh, Panthers this year, Israel Abanakanda. And we're going to break it all down with you today on the Hill to Pitt podcast. Thanks for joining us. Now let me tell you how you can interact with us beyond just listening to this program. You can reach us on Twitter at H2P Show. You can tweet at us, DM us, whatever you want to do on, on game days, on bye weeks even. If you're bored and thinking about the Pitt Panthers and need someone to talk to, that's a good place to do it, at H2P Show. Or... If you're articulate and want to send a whole bunch of paragraphs about pit football, then you just go hail to pit podcast at gmail.com in your email client. Send us an email. Hail the number two pit podcast at gmail.com. We appreciate all the interactions on Twitter, email, and of course, the feedback we are getting from everyone in inside and outside and around the pitternet, especially on Panther Lair, where on bye week, I'm sure things are going to get freaky there, Vince. So I'm interested to hear what you give me from the, the Panther lair this week. It's going to be a fun, fun show. When there's no game to look forward to this week, it can get weird. And that's what we're <laughs> going to do today. And as weird as it gets, it's still all going to sound great. Thanks to our great sponsors at Pretty Easy Podcasts. You, yeah, you, you pit fan, you listening to the show, you can get your own podcast started. Maybe you listen every week and say, Alan and Vince are okay, but I could do better than them. Well, all you have to do is go to prettyeasypodcast.com and you could get started with your own producer, all the help you'd ever need, editing. You could get someone to throw ideas off of, someone to just beat up sometimes. They're here to take abuse from us sometimes. Well, not from Vince. He's nice, but I get mean with these, with these people at Pretty Easy Podcast. And they say, give it to us. We'll take it. And we're going to put out a great show together. They're true teammates in every sense of the word. They might frustrate you like Gabe Hoy, but damn it, you love them anyway. Because they're part of the team at Pretty Easy Podcasts. And they do make podcasting uh, pretty easy. Gabe Hoy made it easy for Izzy Abanacanda, or did he not? Was that Izzy just being so good, or was that being the offensive line being so good opening up holes. Well, we I have to I, talk about this. A, a, well, I'll say a little bit of both. Uh, he had um, a, a number of plays, Alan, uh, maybe even close to 10 plays, I, I, where 
you know, there was just no hole whatsoever. And, you know, he was stopped for no gain or a loss. Uh, but on those plays where there was a, a small opening and, and he was able to get the full speed, uh, no, nobody, nobody was able to get him. Nobody was able to bring him down. Uh, one thing I will say uh, was, you know, Virginia Tech, uh, and as much as we want to say about the offensive line not opening holes consistent, consistently, uh, to me, it looked like Virginia Tech was not respecting our pass at all <laughs> in this game. Uh, I saw a lot of weak side run blitzes uh, fr- from their from their linebackers, Allen, just totally, uh, you know, crowding that line of scrimmage, trying to make a play and selling you know, out. They so, sold out against the run a yeah, lot and, and they stopped it a lot. Sometimes yeah. it worked, but but sometimes it did not, and, and more often <laughs> than not, it did not. Uh, you know, on thirty six carries here. Uh, over 300 yards, Israel Banacanda, 320 yards, uh, 8.9 yards per carry, uh, just an all-time performance uh, against a team that knew you were going to run the ball most of the time, uh, and they still went out there and they, and, and they got a job. It, it's uh, a game that we're going to look back at, and, and probably as time goes on, it'll be looked back at fondly, but we're here to be real. And there is a lot of really bad in this game from Pitt, and you cannot, you cannot avoid it if you're within, uh, you know, the offensive line room watching game tape, and of course uh, some on defense we're going to get into, but offensively, um, penalties, yep, um, just going up against loaded fronts and really having the inability to either adjust or just out muscle an, an opponent there wasn't a lot of that the the times where abanacanda broke free was i mean his sheer athleticism and speed uh finding the hole and just attacking and slipping through and getting by because the blitz was maybe on the wrong side uh but th- there was a lot on this on this uh offensive line that i think still needs to be cleaned up vince the penalties especially nine of them in this game i don't know how many of them were against that unit but again just as a team too many yeah yeah just too many and i think uh you know yeah yes they were down a couple starters you know uh, owen drexel still not in uh carter warren left tackle did not play either uh so there was uh, some offensive line rotation uh with some reserve players not not that that's necessarily an excuse to me it's more that you know these other teams do not respect our passing game uh whatsoever uh, at this point, and uh, it, we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, you know, as far as running, you know, this is you know, in that kind of situation, you know, it, it yes, Izzy can make these big plays, but it, that's where maybe you miss a Rodney Hammond a little bit, Alan. Uh, somebody that runs low to the ground uh, is willing to you know, you know uh, dance around in that backfield and and really and get skinny and maybe make a hole where there isn't one. Uh, I, I think I think they do miss him in, in the log run. As good as Abanacanda has been, I think they do need to get Hammond back, uh, especially when you know uh, all these other running backs are, are nowhere to be found. Uh, you know these guys. And uh, you know, we talked about the depth in this running back room that there is none right at the moment. Uh, it's kind of know, dwindling. Vin, Vin, well, Vincent Davis. I mean, when you go out and you you have two critical second half fumbles. Uh, uh, against a lowly Georgia Tech team that lose to, leads to a loss, uh, you're going to be in the doghouse, at, apparently. Uh, that's what I would think happened there. Uh, and doesn't seem to be much any, any confidence for any of these other guys. Maybe also the fact that, you know, you have, uh, you knew you had a bye week coming up, so you didn't mind giving a band of can to thir- uh, 30 plus carries in this game. But I, I will say this Rodney Hammond, uh, they need to get him back. Uh, in the long run, especially if this passing attack is not going to improve. Well, yeah, and look at look at how this game went. It, it, if you take away a record-setting performance by this individual, Israel Abanacanda, Pitt as a team what, probably loses this game if they don't have a special talent at running back. If they're going out there and they're pounding it with uh, Ronnie Hammond, even though, Vince, I think they might have lost this game because the, the passing attack was so anemic. And the fact that, you know, baseball playoffs are going on right now. 
That's my analogy for this game. They pitches hit home runs. They hit the home runs and, you know, living on that edge, you know, sometimes you just will go out and cover against a team like Virginia Tech. But most of the time, if you're just trying to swing away and knock it out of the park every time and go out there and feed Izzy Abanacanda 30-plus carries, you can't do that every game. No. So this is a special game, special circumstance, and Pitt cannot rely on any – any performances looking anything like this ever again, I think. No, uh, because I agree. you need a Rodney Hammond. You need to be able to grind a team out so that they are, uh, you know, they're going to respect uh, you in, in terms of the physicality uh, and not worry about trying to just avoid you hitting a homer, loading up on you. And also, you need to be able to throw the ball. Uh, Keen Slovis in this game, yuck. I'm a, I, you, you said pedestrian. I think yuck. This is bad, yeah. bad game. Yeah, for him. Oh, only fifteen for, for twenty-seven, one hundred and seventy yards. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Nate Mumfield not playing in this game, so you're down one one, one of your uh, better receivers. Yeah, yeah. Bradley but came not, out and dropped a bunch of passes too. So yeah, he, yeah. He but, came back down to reality from that fourth quarter yeah. in the last game against Georgia Tech. Bub means I I don't know what to make of him. Uh, just not. Um, uh, he's just not uh it, it seems like he's just a deep threat to me uh and nothing more nothing less uh i will say jalen bradley allen you know five catches for 66 yards yes he did have a couple drops in there but uh yeah I, I think he may be coming along a little bit but either way uh what stood out to me in this passing game was was slovis is just uh just missing wide open receivers down the field just not having uh and not showing the, the the will to to make those throws throws that we're no we know he's capable of making um you know if you watch you know I went back Alan I watched that that West Virginia game uh the the first half of the Tennessee game this week Alan uh it, it was just a different player I'm I'm not saying he was he was this all world guy at the time but it's just different he you know he he just does not seem right since he had uh since he had that injury um and you know hopefully he can come back healthy after a bye week but but to me it, it just doesn't it just doesn't seem right it, it just he, he does not look how he did uh you know over a month ago yeah it's a lack of trust in himself i think <laughs> to make the throws so he's not gonna throw unless he sees someone completely wide open I but even like. then he's not making those Doesn't, throws D- no. down the field yeah. alan you know a, yeah. you know 20 plus yard bombs that we know he's capable of making it's it he's not even attempting them no yeah he if there's there's a very very uh conservative quarterback at Pitt right now who is not taking the chances and five of fifteen on third down is going to tell you that. Yeah, there's and, and because and why is he five of fifteen? Well, he's throwing short of the first down marker on the majority of those. Or Pitt will just run the ball on third and long sometimes and get stuffed because there, there's also not a lot of confidence, I think, in uh, from Signetti. So there, this game, one hundred percent was being relied upon. Uh, and, and put on the shoulders of Israel Abanikanda. So thank goodness for him, Pitt gets the win. But there are severe issues, severe issues on third down with quarterback confidence, with I think uh, really honestly uh, the the Slovis and the receivers just being on the same page. There's really, I mean, when you've got a, You've got Wayne to kind of lean on. He doesn't really lean on him that much, as much as I think he should. Yeah. Do you think he tar? He doesn't target a guy, a guy yeah. like that. You should just force it to sometimes. Yeah. You know, but he doesn't force it to really anybody. You don't want to see a quarterback force it a lot, but damn it, when you're five on fifteen on third down in a game against the team, you should be throwing the ball all over. Well, Come on. I mean, we, we last year, I mean, we saw, you know, they went to Jordan Addison a lot, you know, even times when he was, you know, covered or even, you know, made, you know, maybe non-ideal throws. They still went to him. And I'm not saying any of these guys are Jordan Addison, but they, you know, uh, you know, they knew Kenny at least knew, hey, you know, this is my best guy. 
I'm going to get him the ball and put him in position to make a play. Uh, you know, we talked at the beginning of the season how those receivers were not making the plays whenever uh, the opportunities were, were given to them. Now they're, they're not getting those opportunities to, to make the plays, yeah. which, which is kind of unfortunate. I, I think so, against some of these teams, uh, you know, uh, the past two weeks or past, you know, three weeks, really going back to that Rhode Island game, I think these re- receivers could have feasted on these teams, uh, but just not really g- given uh, it, you know, if it appears that the plays are being called, you know, you see guys running downfield, but, uh, you know, he's just not going to them. And, and I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I can't, uh, I got no explanation for it. Yeah. Well, I have a, we're going to do a mid season reassessment and I'm going to, I have a question actually regarding that and play calling versus decision-making that I want to ask you here in a bit, but let's fin- wrap up this Virginia tech win. So the pit offense for as great as a band did, I wouldn't say this was an A performance by the pit offense at all. Well, maybe not. I don't. When you score forty-five points, Alan, uh, it's and and you're running for that many yards. I mean, it's hard to say that it was bad. Uh, Yeah, it wasn't. I'm not saying it was bad, but I'm not. I'm not giving it an A because I think there's a there should be a higher standard for this team. They're the ACC uh, champs. It it, it was not a. I'll say this. It was not a great all-around performance from the offense, but somehow they scored 45 points. And and Because team- they're better. When you're better than a team, just you're going to you're going to get yours, but still execution-wise and living up to your own potential, Pitts, I think, got some work to do. I, I'm not gonna argue with you there. I'll I'll, I'll give them a, a B or a B plus uh you know based on those results. Um, but yeah, it, it's got, it's, it needs to be better. It needs to be better. Absolutely. Defensively, uh, the, the, the defense, I, I mean, can we say they can't stop the run now? Cause they're giving up four, yeah, I mean, five they, yards a carry. Yeah. They, they did not give up, you know, uh, a, a huge amount of yards in this game, but they're still giving up over five yards a carry to, uh, you know, to you know these top running backs that they're you know that were they were going up against um uh, uh, maybe if Virginia Tech didn't throw it almost 50 times maybe 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 uh they would have rushed for a lot more i i don't know uh it, i mean it, i don't think it was a again it was not a horrible defensive performance it, you know they no. gave up some explosive pays in the past game uh you know, I don't. I don't think it was their best outing of the year, but I don't think it was bad. You know, in terms of pass defense, uh, the, they got the run, off the field. Most yeah, importantly, yes, yeah, the run game, it run defense. You know, uh, maybe improved, I suppose, over over Georgia Tech, but still not great. Uh, they do need to do better in that department, and you know, you know, they've had a lot of guys banged up on the defensive line, maybe. You know, they, they just need to get those guys healthy. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, still, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, linebackers being out of position. I, I mean, how many times can you go watch this tape and, you know, know where your assignments are? Maybe that's just, you know, they're, they're going to have to live with that, <laughs> you know, making those kind of mistakes, one or two of those per game, unfortunately. Uh, but granted, you know, they only gave up. You know, the defense itself only gave up, you know, 22, you know, 21 points. That's not that bad uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, so, yeah, uh, 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 an okay performance from the defense. But, uh, but I, Alan, I think what you're getting at is if they were going up against a better team, <laughs> then, then uh, it, this could have been a much different story. Oh, absolutely. If, if you're playing an inferior opponent in this game and could have looked a lot better, but in the end, they covered. Defense went out there. They got off the field. I think there was only like four third down conversions in this or five for Virginia Tech. Um, big big momentum shift before the end of the half too, uh, picking off Grant Wells and, and you know, avoiding uh, – going into the going into the half uh down and I think the Pitt's defense did a good job of maintaining momentum 
uh, maintaining morale for the rest of the team. Uh, but all, just there are are so many hiccups in this now midseason that we've seen from them where they'll look great to start a game. Pitt's offense will always start slow. And then Pitt's offense gets going and maybe gets a lead. And then the defense just gives up a touchdown right away, like on a on a four-play drive or something, three-play yeah. drive. It just happens. It's it's becoming now a theme. So, or the end of games where you need a stop and they just can't get it. So, uh, rising up to the occasion, something we saw a lot of last year, something we're seeing a little bit of from the defense because they are capable. But I think uh, not living up to last year's standard uh, so far as we approach midseason. In this game, though, giving up 29 to Virginia Tech, I'm going to say for the defense as well, not an A effort, not an A, a performance, but good enough to win. You're, you have a lot tougher opponents coming up after this bye. Yeah. Couldn't, couldn't have gotten this week this week off at a better time, I'd say, because you really know now a lot about yourself, and there's a lot to clean up, but I think it's all fixable for sure, especially on defense. Offense is going to be tough. I, I'm i not going to – I mean, I especially when you have someone like a band of Canada to rely upon uh, in this game, maybe this game we might look back to and say, oh, I wish you didn't run so well in that game and look so good. <laughs> Because they might rely on him a little bit too much moving forward, which I think could be detrimental. Well, as, I, as good as Israel Abanakanda is, I think the better teams are going to be able to stop him, and we've seen it already. Uh, well, where Rodney Hammond really was the better option than uh, you know compared to Abanakanda. Uh, uh, He's a I, game wrecker for sure. But I, I I agree with you. You know, I mean, if if you you know if you stop him before he gets going, you know, he that's. Uh, yeah, it, that that'll shut him down. It's not like a Rodney Hammond where where he may make something out of nothing. Uh, he there. can impose his yeah, will on yeah. you. Israel Abanakanda yeah. will make you pay, and Rodney Hammond will impose his will on you. Those are the types uh, uh, of runners they are. It's great uh, to have uh, them both. Yeah, and I, and I feel that you know had Hammond be been healthy, he, they would have used both. That or you know I don't I don't think you would see you know thirty seven carries uh, for, from one guy in a game. You know, had that had been the, been the case, um, but you know, it, it can't just be that this running attack. They're going to have to throw in, in order to beat some of these these better teams. Because I, I don't care how well you're running the ball, you know, there's going to be a game. You know, that North Carolina game in particular. You know, where the defense may give up forty points, uh, and they're going to need to they're going to need to throw. In, or, in order to to uh, to stay in that game, and you know, with what we've seen from the passing attack these past few weeks, that that doesn't appear to be the case. I mean, uh, now we're getting Virginia Tech's now in the rear view, Vince, and now we're getting we're here mid season assessing this team. You, so you're talking about North Carolina coming up. We got Syracuse coming up in a few weeks. That we might see two three hundred plus yard rushers in one game in that from two different teams. <laughs> yeah, it could happen. <laughs> seeing how Pitt's defense plays the run and how Abanacanda is capable of doing it. Uh, but m- we're here midseason, and what do we know about uh, Pitt? Well, they have a lot to improve, and we've kind of broken some of that down. Most of all, I think you're right. The passing game, more than anything, needs to improve. There needs to be, I think, more trust uh, in the receivers from Keaton Slovis is probably uh, my top. Uh, thing, but the question I have for you is: Is this Slovis's kind of gun shy approach to quarterbacking the Pitt Panthers, or is it Signetti's uh, play calling and system? Because I mean, last year Pitt has Mark Whipple, a quarterback whisperer, and Kenny Pickett, a I mean, a quarterback who will punch the biggest, meanest defensive ends in the mouth. We've seen it. A fear, literally a fearless quarterback last year. Does Pitt have a fearful quarterback this year, a conservative, untrusting offensive coordinator, both? What's going on? I, I the way I look at it is, yeah, you know, what, what, you know, this injury that he had concussion, allegedly. Um, yeah, I think that that has, you know, just messed with him to the point that he is not seeing the field, uh, the way he was earlier in the season, I think that they, in you know, the past two weeks, I think they have called plays 
where where you know they're having receivers running open downfield sometimes wide open downfield and he is just not seeing them i'm not putting this on signetti i think he's trying uh to do a balanced attack uh and you know you know he's shown i think at times he's going to have to rely on an on, on an abana can to whenever he has to or you know in the case of uh you know, you know a, a Rhode Island I, I think there maybe they chose specifically you know not to to really go for it but I, I can't put all that on Signetti I think this I think this is a Keaton Slovis issue and I'll say this Alan uh with the way he's playing I think if Nick Patty did not get hurt in that Tennessee game I think Nick Patty would still be the starter right now I I wow really I think so I think they would have I think they would have stuck with him especially if they would ended up winning that game uh I I think they would have stuck with him um Slovis just doesn't look right maybe in practice he's doing a lot better I I don't know uh but in the games it is not showing up and I I think there uh I think there would have been a change I do well, and also if Patty didn't get hurt. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah if, yeah, if yeah. Patty did not. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not going to put uh, a, a you know a Nate Yarnell in there, uh, you know, long term as unless they have to. You know, he he has not. It's not nothing against his abilities. He just has not practiced enough uh, with with the first team or even the second team uh, to to warrant that. Uh, you know, he he may be a good player down the road. Uh, but he's not someone that they are prepared for for long term unless they absolutely have to. And that's fine. Yeah. And I think that's the tell that tells you exactly why it's not, you know, everyone's wants to blame a coordinator or a coach or a quarterback in town. Right. For what yes. it, for no matter what town, team you're talking about. So if you're looking at the coach and the quarterback, Signetti, obviously it's not him because. Uh, he's playing Slovis and he's calling the plays for Slovis and he's not handcuffing him because you saw when Signetti's going to handcuff a quarterback, he will. And he did with Yarnell. They won the yeah. game, but and he, and, he, and he will. And he'll adjust and he'll go to the best option uh, with, in the run, and he'll pound the, the rock uh, you know, in the run game if he has to. But he will let the quarterback loose and let him make his decisions, let him do his thing if he can. And Slovis has been given those reins. You've seen it. Slovis goes out there and he's He's looked good at times with some, you know, up tempo, two minute drill type stuff. But for the most part, especially in first halves and throughout games till the end or until they absolutely need it, is just kind of stagnant and very conservative. So I think you look at the quarterback if you want to blame anyone, it's him. But I will give him, uh, Slovis being him, uh, a pass for one reason. He does have his weakest point in pass protection in front of him is right in front of him. Center yeah. has been horrible for the Pitt Panthers this year. Horrible. The pressure on Keaton Slovis has been coming straight up the middle for the most part. And he doesn't he already doesn't have a great feel, I think, for the pressure coming at him to, to scramble and run. His instinct is not to run. His instinct is to sit in there and, until the last minute and throw it, which... Hey, credit to him. That takes guts, but also is often stupid uh, and looks <laughs> dumb because he'll. You see a guy who's getting t- tons of pressure from his blind side, and he has no feel for it at all because he is so worried about what's happening right in front of him. And I don't know. Is that because he's not a tall quarterback? And well, he is tall. I tall enough. I mean, he's I, what six? He's six three, right? He plays at small. Least. <laughs> I feel. But but see the thing is is you know you watch you know I, I'm telling you Alan I went back and I watched those those first two games and, and you know he was making these throws on the run he wasn't afraid to scramble for big yards it, it just it, it's like a different player back there it, it, it is I'm telling you and I I, I don't know I, I'm hoping that this week off is really gonna you know just just reset everything and and. You know, he's going to be going to be back to normal, but I, I am not sure. I mean, maybe maybe the Tennessee volunteers just totally jarred him. Maybe they're going to do the same to Bryce Young this week if he plays. Maybe it's just that he played a special team that fateful night in overtime against Tennessee. Maybe that's it. 
you're 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 bringing it all back to that. But I'll say in the West Virginia game, I I I saw you know some of that in him for sure, uh, the ability, and I still think he has it and he could turn it around. But I just don't think there's ever there hasn't been a total comfort, enough comfort from Keen Slovis, a confidence in Keen's from Keen Slovis yeah. this year. Maybe it's the standard we're holding him to because we saw Kenny Pickett for the last few years, but. Um, he's got a, he's got a lot to, to work on, I think confidence wise and just taking chances and being, uh, being a little bit more fearless than he has been. And that's what I'm hoping and expecting for the rest of the season. Uh, I'm expecting Keen Slovis to just kind of go all out and lay it all, all out there. And I'm expecting defensively Pitt's defense to clean up their act against the damn run. Yeah. Because we are now mid season and that is a problem. I agree with you there. I, I do think the defense is going to improve from from where they've been at. I, I think you know getting that d- defensive line, getting those guys healthy, uh, you know maybe resetting here a little bit with the linebackers, uh, ha- having them you know, you know re- really studying the film, making sure they're getting in the right places. I think that's going to be uh, going to be good going forward. I, I am not too too concerned. Uh, about this defense and they haven't you know the pass rush hasn't been you know the elite level that that we've seen although if you you look at some of the stats in terms of sacks and and things like that they're still right up there as one of the tops in the country uh i i I think they'll they'll uh the the defense will rebound i I think you know to me it's it's going to come down to this passing game going forward is it going to improve or not because if not uh i I don't think they're going to be making it to charlotte this year, Alan, I, I think they're they're doomed for uh, at least a couple losses. Yeah, because if you're one dimensional on offense and you're going three and out constantly, the defense gets tired. They're not stopping the run. They're not stopping anything, and then snowballs from there. So, uh, definitely, it's it's an offensive issue. I think midway through the through the season, defense does have some things to clean up, but offensively, uh, keeping the defense off the field needs to be a priority and. That means good, solid quarterback play and not going five for 15 or four for 30 or whatever on third down. So midseason form uh, pit, not there quite yet, but definitely capable of beating all the teams they're going to be facing, I think. Uh, And it's going to take a very, very strong and better effort than we've seen in the first half of the season. Um, Injuries, uh, disappointments, those all, you know, creep up and are factors. but overcoming all that stuff. Uh, are they capable of it? I definitely think so. And I'm excited to see what they do coming out of the gates after this bye against Louisville. We'll preview that game next week. A big game on the road after having some good home cooking. Well, not good home cooking. Georgia Tech was horrible. It was uh, a really, really spoil the season type of loss, but can make up for it. Uh, Pitt has big time games under bright lights coming up and of course we'll preview all those but let's uh let's get away from the Virginia Tech game now this mid-season assessment and uh let's see what other people are saying out there where some of them are anonymous and they'll say whatever they want some people will uh, come up with craziness to just to entertain people like you and I Vince and that's the beauty of being mid-season team might not be in mid-season form but they sure as hell are on the internet. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good dog football team. I'm proud of these guys. JRN Pitt on Panther Lair. His offensive play calling leaves a lot of room for criticism. He's the least creative OC I've watched in a, in a long time. I guess talking about Signetti there. It, it could be Canada, but I'm assuming it is Signetti here. <laughs> uh, I, I think this is very harsh criticism. I don't think this is that, that bad. Uh, yeah, you know, we've talked at length about you know how the you know, the offensive line is not getting it done. You know, the quarterbacks and receivers just you know, don't seem to be on the same page. Um, I, I think he's calling a fine game. Uh, for for some of these, you know, especially coming off a game where you score forty five points, it can't be that bad. 
I this yeah this is uh you know just kind of the lazy typical take you'll see midseason in Pittsburgh about a football <laughs> team not doing living up to their potential. Um, if you're talking about the other football team in town, not Duquesne, but uh, the Steelers, maybe that criticism is warranted. Uh, but with Signetti, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna support that. I don't back that. I don't. I don't subscribe to that thought. I'm with you, Vince. I think Signetti's calling games accordingly uh, based on what he's seeing from his quarterback, his offensive line, and the tools that are going to be the most effective in each game. And wow, the offense has gone out there and performed poorly on a lot of third downs and key situations and uh, really slow to start and having a lot of penalties. Play calling is not the factor in that. Preparation maybe is. Who do you blame for that? Is that Signetti or is that Narduzzi? Is that just an offensive line that's just no good? I don't know. Uh, but I'm not, I don't think I'm going to put it on Signetti. I think it's one or the other, if you ask me. Um, Signetti is calling games, I think, uh, in, a, in, a, in a fashion we expected. A little bit more conservative than we saw last year. But that's because that's what the uh, personnel dictates this year. And... They should go out there and execute accordingly, and oftentimes they are. They did this week. They ran it right down Virginia Tech's throat. But quarterback really is a position where he's not getting support uh, and not getting the execution he's looking for as a coach, I think. So if you want to put the blame on a coach or a quarterback in this instance, go quarterback is what I say. I agree. So the Pitternet is probably – I. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more. Is there a lot more anti-Slovis on there? Oh, yeah. Than, yeah, tons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. is there anyone saying play Yarnell? Yes, see that I have seen that. Yeah, yeah, I have. <laughs> that's silly. I, mean, th- I think we brought that up last week, too. That would be silly. Patty uh, can't happen, obviously. Injury. Um, Pitts got Slovis. They went out and got Slovis for, for this reason. Maybe the expectation was a little high for Slovis, I think. But I think we all saw that coming. I mean, there's no way he was going to be as good as Kenny Pickett. Or, and as best, the best we could have hoped for was he's as good as he was his freshman year at USC. Which was pretty he's good. That? He's pretty damn good. I don't think Which he's I there. Don't think. He has not, no. But he can be because there's still a lot of season left. And we've seen flashes. It's a confidence thing, if you ask me. I'm no psychologist. I'm going by what I look on out on tape. Also, it's hard to throw in Jake Cradle's getting pushed nine yards back into your face. Smenges on Panther Lair. The abnormal run of injuries completely changed the first half of the season. Getting healthy for the second half will put Pitt back in the ACC championship, in my opinion. Okay, is there an excuse for injuries here in this instance, Vince? Abnormal? Uh, Does this feel like an abnormal amount of injuries for Pitt offensively? I don't think so. Well, well, and defensively uh, too, Alan. You know, they did have you know a rash uh, of injuries, specifically on that defensive line. Um, I I don't know if this is. I guess it may be a little abnormal. I, I think they are banged up, you know, maybe more than most, it seems like. However, though, you know, you had so much talent coming back. You, you thought you would think you had the depth to, you know, overcome this these kind of uh, these kind of injuries. You know, so much was made of this offensive line. Oh, they got all five starters coming back. Well, all five of them still haven't played together yet this season, <laughs> Alan. But uh, at the same time, you know, they had several guys hurt last year. You know, Gabe Hoy w- was out for a significant amount of time. Jay Cradle was out for a significant amount of time. So you had reserves that came in there and played, you know, significant snaps, snaps significant starts during the year so you'd think you know even if you had some some injuries and you had to go to your bench this year it'd be no problem uh but it's just not being handled the same way and and you know maybe it's uh you know maybe we're being a little too critical i i don't know maybe if uh you know maybe if the quarterback makes you know makes some additional throws 
you know, nobody's whining and complaining about the offense. Maybe if, uh, you know, the receivers made some, some additional catches, uh, in, in some of the closer games, you know, maybe people aren't, you know, make, complaining as much. I, I don't know. I mean, I think there are, uh, injuries, but, you know, before the season started, we were raving about the depth on this team. So, uh, I, I'm not going to buy it that this is a problem. Although I will say in response to this, you know, if they can get everybody back healthy, that uh, I still think that they can make a run to this ACC championship game. Oh, absolutely, and and the margin for error for Pitt, it, it's it's the same for all the teams coming up. Like these teams aren't just excellence and execution at Louisville and Syracuse and North Carolina. They're all susceptible to bad games, poor performance, penalties, yeah. turnovers. Pitt's showing that they're all human. They're all college uh, football players. Uh, they are not uh, perfect by any stretch. There is no juggernaut ahead on the Pitt schedule. But, well, unless they get to Charlotte. Uh, I don't even call Clemson juggernaut, really. But And they're facing injuries, too. It's all about having depth. And Pitt has the depth. And they've, you know, they've, they've, reacted and responded i think that that's not an excuse so i'm I'm not subscribing to that either uh they but i do believe they can make a run and i don't think it's really health that's the issue i think it's uh you know mental focus stop it with the penalties and a little bit more toughness and fearlessness in taking risks offensively and you know it's it's not an injury issue defensively especially they've had they have tons of depth the tons of depth it's just not focus not focusing on being in the right spot whenever a team's you know running on you on on a third down or you know being in the right spot uh whenever you're trying to uh rush rush a quarterback and get after him and bring him down um so pit pit really the injuries have hit them but they're hitting everybody else that's football so I will, I will not say it's injuries. I'm going to say it's focus and a little bit of a, you know, chutzpah, if you will, on the offensive side. Defense, they're they're going out there and they're, they're taking chances because that's what Narduzzi defenses do. Maybe too many still. <laughs> I don't know. But that's what you expect. But that's the pitternet. Everyone's going to have something to say about it. Not, not no doozies there. Nothing too wild kind of expected people are going to say either make injury excuses or blame a coach what's the why did you see anything you didn't see anything as wilder than that this week on the pit or not uh, uh, yeah, a lot of the wild stuff comes like you know what time was this game 3 30 a lot of the wild yeah. stuff comes at about probably like five o'clock on saturday that's probably where you'll see the wildest things i, I yes. don't i don't uh I, I stay away from my phone during those times. Uh, <laughs> I, I typically wait until, you know, maybe around midnight that night uh, to to see what's going on. Uh, and there were some, some you know, there were some wild things, but you know that's that's in the past. I saw someone who said that on uh, Reddit it was the Pit Panther Reddit that they don't give a banana to the ball enough. I thought you were going to put something like that on there from the Pitternet. I could see that, you know. <laughs> what are you doing, Signetti? <laughs> Quit throwing the ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they only ran it 36 times with him. <laughs> He's got legs. Give it to him some more. 50, 60. <laughs> Guy was collapsing at the end there. I still, I couldn't believe they still had him out there, but they needed him too. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they needed him. I, I do think, you know, the, I think the bye week, had something to do with it but then also you know the poor performance of the backup running backs yeah maybe vincent davis <laughs> been getting too lit on myron f- for too long <laughs> oh jeez. still love him though one bad game not gonna not gonna <laughs> forget the performances and the contributions of vincent davis still had, you know he didn't play well that two games ago but he was out on special teams against virginia tech doing pretty well he hits Okay. Give that to <laughs> football oh, wow. player. It's hard to hold on to the ball when you're 
I'm getting smashed by. There's still big guys on Georgia Tech. It's not like it's a bunch of pip squeaks that we're hitting them. He's not a big running back. <laughs> still fumbling twice yeah. and a half like that. Not good. Yeah, you're right. No excuses. Man, I'm so mad that happened. All right. Well, forget about it. We got to move on. Big games coming up. Lots of hope still around town. Uh, and, you know, I think especially with the Abanacanda performance, there's going to be jerseys flying off the shelves in the strip district now. People all, all around town, even in Aliquippa, they're, they're, they're talking about Israel Abanacandovitz. <laughs> Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. You see that Anaconda break Dorset's record. You know, I you know, I heard he's got a couple brothers, you know, up up in uh, Brooklyn. You know, they're better than him. Well, Narduzzi better get recruiting, then. this kid's gone to Dallas or somewhere's next year. Hell to pit. So that's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, people are impressed with with the for sure. Uh, a lot of people talking about him. Uh, it's kind of on that Heisman map, not really in terms of, uh, you know, odds or, you know, uh, uh, you know, realistic chances of winning, but, uh, you know, he is, he is being talked about nationally. You, uh, he goes, he goes for six touchdowns against Louisville. You know, he's right there. It's all yeah, he's got to well, do. Oh, sh- sure. You know, if, if, if he keeps do. doing that, uh, if, then he's definitely got a chance, uh, but Alan, uh, no, no pick game to talk about this week, and, and I think that's good for several reasons. One, you know, I, I think we all need a break after this rough start to this to the season. Uh, but then also, you know, there are a a, a host of top twenty five matchups uh, that we got to talk about. Oh, college football! Don't you dare be telling me that we don't have the biggest sec regular season game of the year this week and the second biggest pac 12 game of the season in the regular season this year this week huge huge implications and then some would even say the big 12 title game uh preview this yeah. week lots going on uh and then and then also you know a, a game pit fan should be interested in in the acc yeah, and, and we're going to start off here. Maybe the second biggest game in the Big Ten uh, this this whole season, Alan. Well, uh, I mean, that's like being the biggest game in in uh, the the KHL. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is a big noon kickoff on, on Fox. Uh, number ten, Penn State, getting seven points in Ann Arbor against the number five ranked Wolverines, Alan. Uh, this one here, I, I'm not quite sure. I it just to me, uh, it just doesn't seem like Penn State, uh, Penn State, and Clifford are going to be able to pass enough in this game in order to keep up with Michigan. This uh, Michigan offense is getting more and more dynamic this year, and I, I think uh, I think they're going to win this game. Yeah, me too, and I, um, that's unfortunate. So I'm kind of rooting. I, I'm going to say this for Penn State's defense to at least stop the run in this game because now we got Blake Corum trying to outrun Israel Abanacanda for the lead, <laughs> the lead in touchdowns in the nation. So I'm going to be – I don't care about this game in terms of winners or losers. I'm just watching that, how Penn State plays the run game in this one and keeps him out of the end zone. I'm going to go Michigan wins, though. Low-scoring affair. Really? Uh, 20, well, for the, for, for modern football, 21 to uh, 17. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be high scoring. I do. I do. For some reason, I, I, um, we'll, we'll see, uh, what should have been a very important game in the ACC for NC state is now a, a very big game for Syracuse here. Alan, the number 15 wolf, uh, wolf pack getting three and a half points. Uh, on the road at the number 18 Orange in upstate New York here. Uh, I'm seeing a low total of 42, Allen, at the Golden Nugget and, and at the uh, William Hill. I, I, Syracuse, they, they have just, they've, they've just been pounding teams, uh, you know, hard, you know, just hard nosed, uh, running and tough defense. I, that's NC State without Devin Leary. 
as a quarterback. You know, he may not play this week. He's at least banged up. Uh, and, you know, NC State, a couple losses here. Uh, are they a team that, you know, they had thoughts of, you know, winning the ACC this year. It doesn't appear like that's going to happen now. Uh, are they just, you know, they have nothing else left to play for and they're just not going to be as good? Um I don't, I mean, they could still make it, but, uh, not what they initially thought. Uh, that's what I'm, I am going to go with Syracuse. I don't think, uh, if, if Leary's not healthy, I don't, I don't think they'll get it done. Yeah. That's, uh, that's going to be a, a big factor in this. I still think they can win NC state in this game because their defense is good enough. I think to shut down Sean Tucker, um, I mean, they didn't do ter- how many did Chipley go for for against them? They they did they held him in check enough. Uh, and, I, I'm I'm not sure, but I know he did have a couple big runs. I mean, DJ Uagagalele is uh, was the leading rusher against NC State in that game, from what I remember watching it statistically. At least I do remember them bottling up Shipley a little bit. He did go, yeah, he went over four for, per carry, but had sixty yards in that, and. Uh, I think they're defense defensive line capable of stopping a rusher like this, like Sean Tucker. Um, so this is going to maybe come down to some splash plays on defense and who can uh, capitalize on mistakes. So I'm still going NC State in this one. They're still right where we expected them to be. Uh, they just didn't expect to be facing an opponent that was undefeated this week in Syracuse, in Syracuse probably credit to them. Uh, Ronde Gadsden, son of a great receiver, turning into a great <laughs> receiver himself. Uh, so there's weapons on the Syracuse offense, but I just don't. I don't know, Vince. I'm not believing the hype just yet. Not not fearful of them. Always nervous about playing Syracuse when Pitt has them in a few weeks. But in this game against a team that preseason was expected to be where they're at right now, I'm still going with the Wolfpack and the pedigree, even with uh, Leary, his status being up in the air. I think this is a team that's, I think, uh, good enough defensively to win a game like this. I I, I wouldn't argue that. I I, I wouldn't. Um, I'm gonna go the SEC here. I mean, Plus, let's all <laughs> let, let's also let's also real quick say that you know, Garrett Schrader hasn't faced the defense in the ACC like NC State's yet. I don't think. Yeah, it's probably true. Uh, a surprising ranked matchup in the SEC, number 16, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, they are weighing only four now, Alan, I'm seeing four points at uh, number 22, Kentucky. This line has come, come down for some reason. Uh, from six and a half earlier this week, I would have said that Mississippi State would win this game easily. Uh, I'm just not buying Kentucky this year at all, uh, and I think Mississippi State's pretty damn good. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. I understand this line movement, but I, I would still stick with uh, with the Bulldogs here. Leading passer in the nation, and Will Rogers with the Bulldogs, uh, but then you have the leading. I guess quarterback in the clubhouse for all the scouts love uh, Levis. I don't see it though. I don't see. Uh, I mean, I see there's there's grit in that guy, and but I don't see the the, the execution in the Kentucky quarterback. Uh, and is I don't he see, back healthy you know, this week? Yeah, is he even going to be performing at all on the field? And if so, is he going to be a hundred percent to go against a team that you need to score? 35 against the yeah, to I, Mississippi I, State. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going Bulldogs in this. Yeah. I, and I, unless there's something we don't about know about. Line movement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- those desert people, they they may know something about this that we're just unaware of. Uh, out in the Pac-12, Alan, a game that I know you are really looking forward to here. Oh, man. Uh, the, the number yes. seven ranked USC Trojans. Uh, will be getting three and a half points as they travel to Salt Lake City, Utah, take on the number 20 Utah Utes. Uh, kind of a disappointing start for Utah here, uh, but um, they are favored in this one. They're home, of course. 
And SC hasn't really, really on paper faced the test yet. Uh, and now they do, finally. And the thing is, you got there, there's another team cross town you got to keep pace with. <laughs> you saw last week. I mean, I, they got to be home at the Rose Bowl in that one, but still, at, UCLA handled Utah. I, there is never a doubt the game was, you know, a little bit back and forth for a minute, but UCLA looked like the better team. They played like the better team, and they were the better team. Utah, tough schedule. Probably didn't expect to have two losses at this point, but when you have teams lined up like that, uh, it's 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 tough to walk that tightrope. Now they have USC, and the thing here is uh, cockiness, arrogance, it runs amok in the Pac-12. <laughs> I don't think people talk about this as much. That's why Pac-12 teams don't get into the big spots anymore. There's just a lot of arrogance, a lot of looking <laughs> ahead, it's something that they have not mastered. Maybe it's it's more mm. relaxed out west, but in a game like this, SC go they should definitely win. I think on they have the better players. They have the I think the more innovative coach. Well, but, yeah. but they're on the road and against a very a very proud Utah Utes team. I'm very nervous that my <laughs> UCLA USC November showdown of undefeateds is gonna get screwed up this week. If if any week you this is the biggest hurdle of them all. I'm still going SC to win, but I am so damn nervous about this. I I mean, this is gonna be a tough one to win. I'm gonna say like twenty or twenty seven to twenty six. It's gonna be very close if SC wins. Wow. Not a I, confident pick. Yeah, I, I'm not too confident in this one either. I, I it, USC, they've been winning these turnover battles every single week. It, it seems yeah, Williams like. Yeah, Williams didn't throw his first pick till last week. I mean, he's yeah. been really good with yeah, the football. Yeah, I mean, uh, w- w- but like you said, Alan, yeah, going on, you know, in a tough, a really tough place to play. You know, they did struggle uh, in Corvallis uh, a-, a few weeks ago. Uh, we may see a similar performance here, but I would say Utah, you know, they're. Their offense is probably a little bit better than Oregon State's. Uh, certainly, if they take care of the ball better, uh, they they have a better chance to win. I'm going to go with Utah in this game. I'm not quite sure if I would if I would give the three and a half though. I, I think it's going to be a close game. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, this is game of the week, uh, and I'm not going to fault you for picking Utah. My gut says they'll win, but I'm still. I'm, I'm picking with my heart here because I'm looking forward to a big showdown. Either way, USC versus UCLA is going to be a banger this year. I cannot <laughs> wait. I'm excited to watch this game, Alan. U- USC finally playing at, at a game that starts uh, like before 10 p.m. Eastern and also uh, a game that's like on a regular television channel. A channel that you yeah. can respect. <laughs> so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh in the Big 12, Allen, maybe a maybe a preview of the Big 12 championship game. Who knows? Uh, number eight, Oklahoma State Cowboys uh, getting getting three and a half or four, depending on where you're looking at the number 13 uh, TCU Horned Frogs in, in Fort Worth. Uh, I'd really like this TCU team, Allen, uh, just throwing it all over the place. Oh, uh, Max <laughs> Duggan last week. I mean, just what a mean SOB to go in there and rip the hearts out of all those people that were so happy of the Cinderella story, the fairy tale in Kansas. He went in there and just, just stomped all over it. And is a big, tough man. I mean, yeah. could, they could not bring him down. Well, the thing is, I mean, they didn't score very much TCU with the, in the first half at all. And then they just, you know, just jumped all over him. Uh, His pace of score, their pace of scoring really took a dive. I mean, Kansas went all out, but they went out there. They, they, they withstood that tornado. They went there (laughs) hot, the most hostile environment you could really imagine ever uh, go, going there last week. Game day was there. That university had never been more hyped for a football game to weather. That storm is very impressive. Yeah. And, and Oklahoma state's very good. Uh, make no mistake about that. I, th- I think they're a very good team, uh, especially if their offense is clicking. But I, this TCU team, just the team speed, 
the way their the way their their offense is going right now, I I, I really like this team. Uh, it's going to be a high scoring affair, I think, but I am going to go with the Horn Frogs to win it. And, and Horny I, and Toads I'll, as well. And I'll give the the, the three and a half. Yeah, I got I got the Horny Toads as well. Um, this is also on a big time network in a big time spot, and uh, you're talking about um. I mean, after this one. They probably won't jump. Do you think they'll they'll just swap spots or at least get to that eight spot? After uh, this, how much respect will the Big Twelve uh, front runners have going after this? It, big it game? depends on what happens in some of these other games, Alan. You know, I mean, you know, if Penn State loses a ten, uh, you know, if SC would go down, uh, you know, so something's gonna, you know, there's gonna be some opportunity to move up, uh, you know, for, regardless of who. Uh, you know, you know who comes out on top here. Remember that name, Max Duggan. Man, he's a hell of a college football quarterback, and uh, has a big chance this week. But Oklahoma State, like you said, is a tough out, and it is the Big Twelve. No gimmies uh, for nope. any of those teams. And then that brings us to, I mean, some would say the main event because it is just you know the biggest SEC regular season game of the year. Even though SCU Utah's my my jam this week, but this is a big one. Yep, yep. Number three, Crimson Tide of Alabama, uh, laying seven and a half on the road in Knoxville here, Alan, uh, against the number six volunteers. Um, I'm seeing seven points at the Westgate, seven and a half at the Golden Nugget, uh, seven and a half at the win. Uh, so about a touchdown, uh, or so across the board. Um, this Tennessee team is is tough right right now. I mean, their their offense is is been t- hard to stop. But if anybody's going to stop them, it's it's, it's going to be Nick Saban. Uh, you know, at Will Anderson, you know, I imagine he's going to be uh, getting the hand and hooker at least some of the time uh, this game. And it, regardless of who's playing quarterback for Alabama, I think they can turn it on just enough. And I'm I'm actually going to pick. Alabama uh, to come in here and, and win this game. I just think that you know that the Tennessee's talent level uh, is not not high enough uh, for, for this game just yet. I still think they're a couple years away for, uh, in, in recruiting dudes, as they say in the SEC, to 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 really compete with the Crimson Tide. So I'm, I'm going to be going with Alabama, uh, and I, I do like them to cover this game. Yeah, I mean, our friends at, at old, old Rocky Top rooting for him this week. What an atmosphere. What a game it's going to be uh, before kickoff. But then the game kicks off and back to reality, Tennessee. You're talking about a midseason form Alabama in this game. That This is a team that's they've had hiccups. They've learned lessons. And now they're, they're playing under Nick Saban. We're not going to see very. We've seen some mistakes from Alabama. I don't think we're going to see many more. And call, come back and and laugh at me if they if we see them totally bungle their way through this game. But a team that is more gimmicky, uh, like the Tennessee Volunteers on offense, and not really sturdy on defense, I feel like Alabama is going to be able to figure out the you know eight receivers all the way outside the numbers deal, get in Hendon Hooker's face, not let him run on them either, and force him to throw inaccurately down the field. They're going to figure that out. They're going to handle that. They'll probably sack him a bunch. And then (laughs) offensively, Alabama has really nothing to worry about in this game. So I kind of feel like they're going to go out there and uh, easily cover this game. I've got them winning uh, uh, 32-13 on the road. Okay, yeah, so that's this pr- pretty low scoring. Is, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know Bryce Young's real. What's his status? Like, he, I, he I sits out. Well, last you're, think, week you're and, telling me Tennessee's only going to score 13 points. A, a team. Well, that's, they're playing a, a great defense. Come on, this yeah. is a this is a team that's going to. Tennessee is not multiple on offense. They're just yeah, you know, yeah. athletic. It's a great it's a great system, but they're not. They're they don't have world beaters. They don't have great players all over the field they're going to be all up in the nfl and if you have nfl defenders like alabama has and the best you know the best 
prospect on defense. They're going to go out there and handle this team defensively. Maybe at the the end of the game, Tennessee might get a couple more uh, touchdowns than they're worth, but I just don't see it being close early because this game is going to get out of hand early. (laughs) <laughs> out of hand early. Wow. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. I, I, you have I, to I, be physical. We've seen it. If you fight fire with fire against them, you'll have a chance like Texas. Tough, physical. But if you're if if you're trying to out sprint Alabama, good luck. Good luck yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see that happening. Uh, it. it uh, I, I'm with you. I'm. I'm going to go with Alabama to win this game. I do. I do think they cover too. Uh, we'll we'll see. I can't wait to watch this one. I'll tell you that uh, it it'll be on one of my screens uh, Saturday afternoon. Full disclosure for you, I'm going to be watching the new Halloween movie while this game's on. So I'll probably watch it either on, on delay or the very end on of delay, it. and it'll, <laughs> and it'll already be over by then. <laughs> say I'm 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 making sure I see the SC game. Which, well, well, of course, of, of and course. I'll be in LA for it, but they're all—they're not home, obviously. But I'll be—I might even watch it with some SC fans. <laughs> Will you be watching it with any UCLA fans? Oh hell no, no way! <laughs> all right, that's all I got, Alan. Uh, it's a this great week, week of, weekend of college football without without Pitt playing. That's still pretty entertaining. Still pr- pretty exciting games to look forward to. As we take a breather before Louisville next week. Yep, yep. We've got to make sure everybody gets all rested up uh, for this big road uh, showdown at Louisville. 8, 8 p.m. game uh, on the ACC Network, a primetime affair. Uh, we've got to come out. We've got to hit it hard. There's no margin for error left in this ACC season as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'm already getting really hyped for this game, uh, and I can't wait to talk about it next week. Oh, me neither. And I'll be in L.A. talking to you about it next week, which is great because then it's game day and I get to watch Pitt Louisville and then go to dinner after. That's going to be even better. I, I'm, I'm really excited for that. Or from you, the West you may Coast. even be able to watch the game and then go to the UCLA game after. I very, <laughs> I might be watching the game from the, from the Rose Bowl parking lot next week. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you know when we break it down and preview that thing. Uh, until then this week, things to note before uh, Vince lets you go. Uh, root against Michigan State having any running touchdowns because now we're on the Izzy Abana-Kanda Heisman watch. And, of course, NC State-Syracuse, very big ACC game to keep your eyeballs on. Cannot wait for it this weekend. Vince, you got anything left? Oh, just everybody get, get all well-rested and, and hell to pit, everybody. Yeah, lick, lick your wounds. Uh, get your treatments. Come back ready next week. Hopefully we got a quarterback who's ready to sling it. We're going to be ready to bring it here and talk to you all about pit football here on the Hail to Pit podcast. Remember, at H2P Show, if you want to interact on Twitter and Hail 2, that's the number two, Hail 2 Pit Podcast at gmail.com to send those emails in. And we'll be talking to you between now and then. Louisville Cardinals coming up next week. But first, an off week. Enjoy it. And maybe watch no football if you want. Take a mental break if you need it. Or, you know what, there's a pretty damn good pit quarterback, pit man, punching defensive ends up in the face in the NFL if you want to catch him beat Tom Brady on Sunday. Just saying. Love you, Kenny. Man, I miss him so much. But, hey, still got a damn good team here, the University of Pittsburgh. We're going to talk about him some more next week. Until then, hail to pit, everybody. 